Good morning, fellow streakers. It's Jeff and Jamie. How are you? Good. Good. Are you feeling a little off this morning? I am feeling a little off this morning. Well, I think it was your marathon paint job that you did. You know, painting every room in our house was uh, quite quite a significant feat. Not all at once, but last night I did finish painting the last room in our house that had not yet been painted. I painted three rooms this in three days. Three rooms in three days. Three and rooms in three days. I'm telling you, it's pretty phenomenal. Now, is that counting the hallway down to down to the basement that you painted as well, or is that? Nope, uh, that's not that, counting the hallway. That's Forgot not counting the hallway. hallway. <laughs> three rooms in a hallway. In All three right, days. streakers. This is this is just something you've got to know. Jamie enjoys painting. She. It is something that you really enjoy. I do enjoy it. I, I mean, and the results of the painting. I think that's why I enjoy it. It gives me instant gratification because I also enjoy mowing the lawn for the same reason. That's true. Yeah. It looks really scruffy when you start and really great when you're done. Therefore, you have the opportunity to have something be as close to perfect as possible right after it's done. Yes, it's Is nice. that right? Mm-hmm. Until anyway. somebody touches it. Until <laughs> someone goes down the stairs and puts their hand straight on the wall, their dirty hand straight on the wall or on the ceiling above. Isn't that what you're saying with Ace is that he just puts his hand up there? Yes. Which, honestly, this relates to one of the things that we're going to be talking about. And we've determined that this month we are going to be talking about um, performance and how streaking allows us or helps us to perform better. I agree. Is that kind of where we're yeah. going with it? I mean, talking today, about performance. That's where we're going with it. <laughs> we're going to talk about how perform, how streaking helps, helps, yeah, helps you perform better. Helps you perform better. So with that being said, um, my sister-in-law, Jamie's sister, Heather, uh, wrote a blog on the book. And she she has a blog, well-dressed, well-read, well-said. And I, I love, first of all, the title of so her I. blog. I mean, it's so great. I totally great. love that. And she's been writing it for quite some time. And is an avid reader. Uh, Heather is someone that she just loves reading. She has always loved reading. Yeah. And reads quickly and well. Absolutely. Well dressed, well said, well she, read. Well read. <laughs> I did that in the wrong order. Sorry, Heather. That's all right. She, um, she, she talks about being a streaker and how, you know, we, uh, when we released the book, obviously we were talking with family about uh, streaking and releasing the book and so forth. And she talks a little bit about how. She wasn't expecting anything from the book, but then how, as she read it, something happened within within her, and we'll we'll highlight a couple of things. But the quote that I wanted to start with is something that she brings up from an author. His name is Benjamin Hardy, and Benjamin Hardy says this: "It's not confidence that leads to success; it's successful behavior that creates confidence." Say that again. It's not confidence that leads to success. It's successful behavior that creates confidence. And that's Benjamin Hardy. So when I read that, the thing that I loved is we want to be confident in things. And sometimes if it were the opposite, if you had to be confident in order to be successful, that is stressful, I think, to be because how do you get confident in something? And I think that's what Benjamin is saying here, is that confidence comes through successful behavior. Yeah. What I look at is, okay, so I'm thinking back to um, eighth grade for myself. 
All right. And in eighth grade, well, before eighth grade, middle school, before eighth grade, uh, seventh, seventh grade, obviously. <laughs> that was profound, wasn't it? Deeply. Still middle school. <laughs> Still middle school. Anyhow, uh, they I was running for president of the school. Like student body president. Student body president. Yeah, okay. for the middle school. And I remember that. So one of the things that we had to do was give a speech. And the speech had to be given before each grade of the school. And by the way, the middle school was new. It was Broomfield Heights Middle School. We were the Falcons, and it was a brand new school. And this is the we were the first class. Each each of the classes, sixth, seventh, and eighth, first classes first class. in the school. Okay. Um, our our principal, I I remember his name, Walt Griebing. Uh, he he had opened up the elections that a sixth, seventh, or eighth grader could be president of the school. Oh, so it wasn't an election for each grade. Anybody could run. Anyone could run. And, okay. it could, and so we did have presidents for each grade. Okay. But anyone, 6th, 7th, or 8th, could be president of the whole school. The, the reason I bring that up is because there's sometimes where um, it's only the upper grade that's that can I be president th- of the whole school, if you will. That's totally what I was thinking. Yeah. We had to give a speech in front of each grade. So in each grade, there was probably about 300 students in each grade. And we had to give a speech. And I remember we were in the cafeteria, which uh, served also as the auditorium. And there was a stage. And we were giving the sixth grade speech first, and then seventh grade and eighth grade. Well, to prepare for this, I had memorized the speech. And I had gone over it with my sister, Tiffany, who, by the way, runs a great crochet blog, if you want to go over there. And we mentioned her in the book as far as crocheting one stitch a day, at least one stitch a day. She had worked with me to write this great speech and, and I memorized it. And I remember, and so we sat down and Walt Griebing, he got up, the principal, and introduced, said, we're here for elections for the student body president. And each one of these individuals are going to be giving a speech. We'd ask you to be respectful and to listen. Uh, And then we'd ask each of the candidates to please, before you begin your speech, state your name and your grade and then give us your speech. I was the first person to go. I stood up. I went to the podium. And in my brain, I'm thinking about the speech that I'd memorized. And in the memorization, I had not put my name and grade first, but my name and grade were in the speech. Does that make sense? Right. I had started off with, my sister had said, you know, you need to start off with something catchy, something that's really going to bring, yeah, a hook that's going to bring people in. So I got up there and I thought, but I have this authoritarian figure, the principal that has asked me to start with my name and my grade. And so I decided to abandon just what I'd memorized, not abandon it completely, but not start with what I memorized and go ahead and speak and say my name and my grade. I said my name and I grade, and that was it. I could not remember the rest of my speech at all. Zero. I stood there for probably, and and I'm not, this is not over-dramatizing it. It was probably one minute of full silence. That you just stood there. And I just couldn't... stood there, could not remember for the life of me what the speech was, and I sat down. That was it. I, I, vote, I turned around. I vote said, Jeff. No, I didn't even say vote Jeff. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten whatever it was. I said, hi, my name is Jeff Downs. I'm in eighth grade. And I'm, I think I may have said it. I'm running for president. And that was it. <laughs> and so I sat down. When I sat down, something inside, I, I, I mean, 
so Walt Grieving got back up after that and he said, you know, if you have prepared notes, you're certainly welcome to, you don't have to have it memorized. You can, but I, I just, I, I remember I sat down now I did, I sat down and as I was thinking on, I'm like, I, I was debating inside myself. What happened? Why did, why did this happen? I could have at that moment been defeated. Right. I mean, as an individual, as a person saying, you know what? I can't do this. I'm done. And, and this is where it goes back to the confidence. It's, it's not confidence that leads to success. It's successful behavior that creates confidence. So here's where I'm going. I sat there and I thought to myself, you have this. You have this memorized. You've gone over it several, several times. What happened? And I determined that what happened is I listened to that authoritarian figure, Walt Grieving, and I shouldn't have. I should have done it the way that I had planned. And so I sat there. They finished all of the people who were running for president's speeches. And then the principal, Walt Grieving, he looked back at me and he said, would you, would you like to go now? And I'm like, yes, I would. So I stood back up and I gave my speech just as I remembered. I did not pay any attention to what he said. And not for the rest of the time did I do that. At that moment, I gained confidence. But it was only after the complete 100% embarrassing failure that I, that I gained the confidence to keep going. Interesting. So feeling like, so you feel like the success of the behavior of being able to get up afterwards mm -hmm. and give the speech successfully in the way that you had prepared for it. Right. That behavior gave you the confidence. Right. When obviously at first you didn't. You didn't have the confidence at first. You had to build it. I didn't have any confidence at all because I had completely forgotten the speech. Right. <laughs> I mean, I sat down and I was 100%. I could have been humiliated. I could have been, you know, decided to. But it, and it is interesting because after I gave the speech, I mean, the crowd, the sixth graders went wild. But I think that it, be, it wasn't necessarily because of the content of the speech or because I was so fantastic beside the others. It was that I got back up. Yeah, we love the underdog. We love being able to... We love, we love that feeling of seeing somebody publicly fail and then be able to overcome it and come back and deliver mm -hmm. and be successful. I, th I think that's really what, what the success was. And so looking at this and saying successful behavior that creates confidence, I'm, I'm curious, have you had a, something like that in your life that you've that I <laughs> she's pondering on it right now. She's trying to think back. No, I wish you would ask the me news. these questions before so before I Before we actually get on. Think of it ahead of time. I was thinking more uh, along the lines of streaking. So I I loved something that Heather had said in here. Let me see if I can find it. Um oh, that also was from Benjamin Hardy. She said, "Hardy also taught me a life-changing perspective long before streaking was published." but that supports the streaking methodology completely. He teaches the mindset of measuring the gain, not the gap. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Instead of focusing on how far you have to go to reach your ideal, focus on how far you've come since you started. It's such a simple thing, but until I read about it, I never realized how much I was sabotaging my own success by always having my ideal in mind. Constantly being aware of how far you have to go is discouraging and demotivating. On the other hand, focusing on how far you've come gives you confidence and the motivation to keep going. Streaking does this same thing. So that's all from Heather's blog. And as she as she brought that up, it brought to my mind that same thought that we focus on the ideal 
And I've been thinking about this a lot lately that the ideal for me often is a moving target. It's not necessarily, wow, I've reached it. It's more, I climb a mountain, I get to the top to see, oh, there's more to go. There's, you know, I'm, I haven't, I'm not where I want to be right. exactly. Right. And I think that that's a good thing. The recognition of, to me, that just means I want to keep growing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in my head, the idea that I've got this idea that this is the ideal and then I get to it and I realize, oh, I've got further to go. She's right, can be demotivating and a little bit. Sometimes I personally struggle with the idea that no matter how much I do, it's never going to be enough. Mm. That there's always more. I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's many of us that struggle with the whole idea that, you know, I, I've done this and it's and it's never it's, it's just never, never enough. enough. And so I've got to do even more and more and more and more and more and more. And therefore, I get demotivated in the moment. So my performance wanes because I it's just never enough. Because it's and you start to feel like you're not really playing a game that you can win at. You're no matter how good you get, no matter how far you've come, it's never going to be enough. Right. And that is deeply demotivating. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, oftentimes promotes a feeling of, well, you should just stop trying. Just throw in the towel. What's the point mm-hmm. if you're never going to get to, you know, to the ideal? I think the switch in the thinking here is looking at it and saying, instead of I'm never going to get to this ideal, it's looking at it and saying, I want to be a person who is continually growing and progressing, Yeah, which means, yes, I don't ever want to stop. I mm-hmm. don't ever want to reach this place and think I've learned enough. I've arrived. I don't want to learn anything else because I've learned enough in my life. That would be a sad place to be. It really Honestly, would. to yeah. look at life and think I'm done learning. There's nothing anybody has to offer. Right. And, and to be done. So, Switching that from instead of looking at this ideal as this thing that's out there and I'm never going to get there, switching it more to I want to always be learning. And yes, Uh every mountain that I climb and reach the peak, I do hope that I'm able to look and be able to see the next mountain and the next peak and have a desire to continue climbing. And what I loved that Heather brought up and that what she's saying from Benjamin Hardy is that as we take time to measure how far we've come and to look at that, it propels us to want to continue going forward. You were mentioning the other day when we were talking about streaking that you don't really look at the number on how many, how many days in a row you've completed the streak. Remember? Did you, 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 we were talking about that and. I have a few streaks that have gotten very high and I used to, when I first started, like really notice that number. That I could always. And when you say hide, like give it like a thousand, I mean, yeah. like in the thousands of days. Yes, I have several streaks that are over. Do you have anything over 2,000 days? No. No. And neither do I yet, I don't think. I'd have to look at Yeah, what I'm I looking have. at it real quickly too. Because you had mentioned that, and this is in relation to what you're saying as far as, well, I had two thoughts. One was. I think my longest streak. The number is... of days is. I still look at them. I still look at it and I still feel accomplished. I think what you were saying though is you don't notice it as much anymore. Yes, that I, and that's what I was asking you as we go on this journey together. As we've got some of these streaks that are, that are significant, we've been doing for a long time. When you mark them each day, do you look at that number or do you just mark it? Right. 
And because I was noticing in myself that I'm like, I don't necessarily look at the number. And why did I notice that? Because on the streaking app, it has um, little animations when you reach certain milestones. (laughs) (laughs) And I had noticed that I got an animation. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was that close to that milestone. I hadn't noticed that. The number of days in a row. The number of days in a row. I I love the one. Like 300. 300 is the bowling ball. Yeah, because you you got a a perfect 300. You got a perfect 300, and so it sends you a bowling ball, and you get a strike. And and it's fun. I love that little, ooh. (laughs) But it was interesting to me. I recognized that I hadn't noticed that I was that close. And I used to notice more. And so I was kind of asking myself, why, why am I not noticing anymore? Does it, does it matter now? Does it matter how many days I've done this if I've, if I've been doing it for this long and now I'm not noticing? And what I came to realize is that it's not that I don't notice because there are times that I stop and look and think, oh, wow, that is. There's even been times that I stop and look at a streak and will calculate how many years that's been so that I can be like, wow. And then I'll think back to, you know, where I was, what's happened in those in those years and think I've been doing this all of the. I did that the other day with my journal. I've been doing this for five years. So wow. in that five years, sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. Then I have a question for you. Well, so it was just interesting to me that this, the, I think why I don't notice as much is because now I have the record. I have confidence in that record in my, in my app. I can go at any time and look at how far I've come with total confidence and say, I've been doing this thing for this many days in a row. Mm-hmm. So I have the ability to go back and look at where I was and where I am. And it has changed it from trying to reach this ideal and thinking, I'm never going to get there. I'm not even doing this. To looking at it and saying, I'm, I've been doing this for hundreds of days now. This is literally a part of my life. that I can see how far I've progressed. And in that recognizing I want to keep this as a part of my life. I'm going to keep moving forward with this. Do you feel that? So this was my question related to what it was that you're saying, because as you talk about that, I think about performance. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask. So do you feel over that last five years, your your performance has improved? Yes. And that's so there's a couple streaks. So this is a great question because there's a couple streaks that have a tangible, visible way to see that performance. So right, for example, right. my journal writing. Right. I can tangibly see that for three years, I barely filled half a journal. And in the last five years, I've filled nine and a half journals. So I can stack them on you a were table. Ta- you were taking a picture of those the other day where you're like with a streak, without, without a, a streak. or without a streak, with a streak. Yes. And the, and the comparison and between the And the comparison. The so there's this visual representation of the performance that mm-hmm. I can see the level of performance there. The other thing that's great, though, is the ability on those things that are harder to rate your performance. So personal characteristics. I have a, a do an act of kindness streak. And I have a journal that I keep those. I don't have the streak isn't that I have to write it down what I've done, but I have a journal that sometimes I write down what that act of kindness was. But I didn't want to make that a specific streak yet. To write it down is what I'm saying. However, it's great to be able to go back and read some of the things I've done, but also recognize that even though I haven't written everything down, I have a record that shows I've done something intentionally kind every day for this number of days. 
measuring whether or not you're a kinder person is a difficult thing to measure. Looking back at where you were and where you are now and being able to say, well, how do you evaluate that? Am I a kinder person? I can look at it and say, I'm actively thinking about it and doing something about it every day. Which would indicate that you are, in essence, a more kind person. Now, you may not be the kind person you want to be yet. However, you, with the act of doing the one thing daily that's kindness. I don't know what your streak exactly reads, but at least one thing that's kind. Right. Do an act of service daily. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Okay. So do an act of service daily. That then shows that, hey, for this number of days, I've strived diligently to build this characteristics and this attribute, which leads to, you know, June Converse has been um, writing about streaking, her streaking journey. I've really enjoyed She's had, she has three blog posts now on her streaking journey. And as she's been talking about her streaking journey, she said um, that as she, as she looks at who she is, she says, I am, but I am not. And this is in June's uh, blog that is the big why, the true point of streaking. Uh, she says, those I am statements, one of one of the things, if you're new to streaking, welcome. We're glad to have you on the podcast. If you've been with us for quite some time, you know that part of what drives your streaks is who you want to be. And June classifies these as I am statements or who, who I want to be or I am. And she says, those I am statements are my true desires, but I am not those yet. I haven't progressed to that point yet. However, my And so what do I need to do to progress to that point? What is it that I'm going to perform? She she then goes on to talk about my first three streaks, write one sentence in my journal, read one nonfiction paragraph, write 50 words of original content are going well and my enthusiasm is continuing to grow. I feel confident I can add another one or two streaks. And why does she feel confident? And this is any one of us. It's because now... I've been doing the behavior. And that's what she said. She's like, because I've had success, the successful behavior breeds the confidence. Which gets us to where we started with. When you have successful behavior, that allows you to then build confidence. And that your performance increases, which also continues to build that confidence. So fellow streakers, continue building your confidence by doing those small, simple things, recording that you do them, and celebrate with your community. As you do that you will feel your confidence grow in that thing. Now, is it perfect yet? No. no. But I'll tell you, we're making the progress to get there. And isn't there isn't there some level of perfection in continuing to try? As you do this, feel free to share with others. Talk to them about your streak. Have them come and listen to uh, the Streaking Podcast. We'd love to have them. Share with us your streaks and feel free to obviously publish them. We love to look at some of those and what you're doing to be successful. If you're curious about all of this and you haven't read the book yet, download the book, read the book, leave a review on Amazon so other people can find it. And Absolutely. Those reviews are so critical because then people can find it and find what you've seen as success. Um, or email us, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com. Or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. Until we talk again. Keep streaking. It's the little things that